Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church, and we're in a series called Christian Foundations. And it's, it's really um, dawned on me that uh, many Christians are not able to receive the Word of God properly uh, because they, they haven't built the right foundation. And it's like it's pointless trying to build the roof of your, of your house if you haven't built the lower levels first. So you have to build a house from the bottom up. And of course, the foundation for our whole life is Christ himself. He said, I am the rock. Build your house on this rock. And so when we receive the gospel and we receive Christ, he, we, ha we have started to build the whole foundation for our life upon Jesus. He is the rock. And everything's based on him and his finished work. But we need to learn how to live out from that foundation. And Hebrews 6 gives the seven areas, the seven foundational teachings that we need to implement first in our life. That's like the lower level of the building. But before we can build on and receive and apply higher revelations. This, this foundational teaching is also called the milk of the word. And, and actually, a lot of Christians are trying to grapple with the meat of the word, and they, they fail because they haven't first absorbed and, and put into practice the milk of the word in their life. And we're trying to cover in this series the, those seven areas of the milk of the word. And so thus far, we, we have been talking about the first uh, two of those foundations, and we're moving on to the third one today. But let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. It says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, that's the, the milk, he says it's time to move on now, let us go on to perfection, to maturity, uh, which is also called the solid food, not laying again the foundation. So these are the foundational teachings now. Number one, repentance from dead works. Number two, faith toward God. So we've been majoring on those two in the series. Then number three, it says, of doctrine, Number four, of baptisms. Number five, laying on of hands. Number six, the resurrection of the dead. Number seven, eternal judgment. Now, a common mistake is that people see six areas here, not seven. And so they translate that phrase in the middle, the doctrine of baptisms. And, uh, and they miss something there when they do that. Um, it's not... Of course, you know, why does he single out baptisms and say doctrine of baptisms? Why doesn't he say doctrine of the repentance, doctrine of faith to God, doctrine of laying on of hands? So, no, that doesn't make sense that he would have say doctrine of baptisms. That would be redundant. Actually, what he is actually giving is not six areas, but seven areas. The uh, seven is God's perfect number. And so what does it mean? These are seven areas of doctrine, but it seems a bit strange, and I think that's why the translators struggle with it. He says the doctrine of repentance, the doctrine of faith toward God, the third one is the doctrine of doctrine. That sounds strange, but that's what it is. It's, set, it's the doctrine of doctrine, and then the fourth one is the doctrine of baptisms. Now, what can that mean, the doctrine of doctrine? Now, the word doctrine, don't be scared by that. That simply means teaching. So it's, it's an area of teaching, and it's the doctrine of doctrine, or it's the teaching of teaching. And we could put it like this, and this is what I want to share with you today, 
as a foundational teaching of the Word of God is the centrality of the Word of God. The central place of the Word of God in your life, the, the importance of doctrine, the importance of right teaching in your life is absolutely crucial. You know, you might be a charismatic, as, as I am, and believe in the Holy Spirit and experiences with the Holy Spirit, but don't think for a second that you don't need the Word of God as well. The Word of God is absolutely central. The Spirit and the Word go together. They agree together. You know, when God speaks or when you speak, the word comes out, but also your breath goes out with the word. And so the breath of God goes with the word of God. The spirit of God and the word of God go together. You can't separate them. And so here he's saying the next foundational doctrine is the teaching about the word of God and the importance of the word of God in our life. And that's what I want to emphasize to you today. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, the Word of God has got to be absolutely central to your life. Do you remember Jesus said, um, he, he talked about um, in Matthew 28, he said, All authority is given me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So Jesus wants us to be disciples. He wants us to be followers of him. And he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit and teaching them. So how do you make a disciple? Yes, you baptize him, that's the initiation, but now you have to teach them. Teach them what? The Word of God. And in particular, he says, teaching them all that I have commanded you. And so teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And so central to the life of a disciple of Jesus is to hear and to observe the teaching of Jesus. The Word of God is absolutely central. And Jesus said in John 8, he said, if you abide in my word, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. You cannot be free without the Word of God. No spiritual experience can substitute for the Word of God. You cannot follow Jesus without hearing and doing his word. You know, 1 Timothy 2.4 says, God wills all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So God wants you, first of all, to be saved through the gospel. And then he wants you to come to know the truth. That is the truth of the word of God. So once you're saved, your next priority must be to discover the truth about God through his word, through the Bible. And so this is a foundational doctrine. And again, if, if you don't understand the power and the importance of the Word of God in your life, you haven't embraced the milk of the Word yet. Um, so don't go chasing kind of spiritual experiences if you, if you are not grounded in the Word of God. That can even be dangerous. 1 Peter 2.2 says, As newborn babes, we should desire the pure milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. So if you want to grow spiritually, you need to have the Word of God in you, in your soul. That's the, the change agent for you. And so the, the Word of God is essential for you to grow, for the life of God to be released. Your, the Word of God will form you in Jesus' name. Matthew 4.4, 4, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Even Jesus lived by the word of God as, as a man. The food 
is necessary for our physical strength and our physical growth. And the word is spiritual food. And so Jesus said you have to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's your spiritual bread. And so when you take in the word of God into your heart, what is happening is you're receiving strength into your heart and nourishment for you to grow spiritually. You cannot grow without the word of God. And so your body is made out of the same su substance as that bread. So when you eat the bread, it gets incorporated into the body. And in the same way, your, um, the new life in you is fed and strengthened by you taking in the word of God, which contains God's life and energy. The, it says in Hebrews, the word of God is living and powerful. So the word of God is not some dry thing. It contains the power and the spirit of God. And so you, when you meditate on the word and you take it on the inside of you, it feeds you and it makes you strong on the inside in your soul. It says in 2 Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. So he's saying that all scripture is in breathed by God. That's what it means, that it, it was breathed out of God. And so God's breath, God's life, God's spirit fills his word. Every word of God is filled with his life. And if you get it in your heart, it will cause you to come alive on the inside. 1 Peter 1.23 says, the word of God which lives and abides forever. The word of God has life and strength in it. It abides forever. And so the more of the word of God you get into you, the more life and the more strength is imparted to you. It says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith is like spiritual strength as well. And so the more you take the word of God in, the more faith is built into your heart. Can you see how central the word of God is for you? It's, it's the, your spiritual food. And, and so you need the word of God. Yes, we need prayer. We need the Holy Spirit of course, but that's like breathing. But just because you're breathing well doesn't mean you don't also need food. You also need the Word of God. It's interesting, Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. There's two areas of righteousness. There's two areas where God's life comes into us. First of all, we need to hunger for it. That's to hunger for the Word of God. And I want to make you hungry today for the Word of God by telling you what it will do for you. Uh, hunger, he says, for righteousness. So hunger, blessed are those, and they'll be filled. If you hunger for the word of God, the bread of life, you will be filled. And then he says, blessed are those who thirst. Those are those who thirst for the spirit of God to fill them. It's the word and the spirit. We should be hungry and thirsty. And so it says, God provides wine to make glad the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, these are pictures of the Holy Spirit, and bread to strengthen man's heart. And that's Psalm 104. Bread symbolizes the Word of God. What that does is strengthen your heart, strengthens your will, makes you strong in the Lord. And so without the Word of God, you will always be a weak, immature Christian. You have to get the Word of God in your heart or you will never grow. And so it's no good chasing spiritual experiences and fads. There's always a new fad coming around, something, 
some preachers concocted that it sounds exciting. You need to get the, the foundational word of God in your heart and live out from that. And so it talks about eating the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And the process of eating the word so it comes into you is called meditation. I mean, I could have a bowl of Rice Krispies here and just throw it over my head, but that wouldn't help me because I've got to get it inside me. I've got to eat it so that it becomes part of me. Then its strength is imparted to me. And that process of digestion in the Bible is called meditation. It's to chew, to chew it, and to uh, take the Word of God and to chew it, meditate on it, say it to yourself. Visualize that, that word true in your life. Personalize it. Speak it. Mutter it to yourself. That's what it means. And as you do that, the Holy Spirit will cause you to digest it. And that word will come into you and form your soul and strengthen your soul. Joshua 1.8 tells us, This book of the law will not depart from your mouth. Notice that it's important to use your mouth in meditation. But you shall meditate in it day and night. This is a lifestyle. That you may observe to do all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, then you'll have good success. We all want success. We all want good things to happen in our life. And here it says the key is to meditate on the Word of God. Get the Word of God on the inside of you. Make it part of you. Then you will put it into practice. And then you will have good success. That's how it works. So we need to keep having in our heart a high valuation of the Word of God. Honor the Word of God as the most important thing, as the essential thing in your life. Do you remember Mary, you know, and Martha? And uh, Mary was focused on Jesus, sitting at his feet, receiving the words. And Martha was annoyed with Mary. But when Jesus came and spoke about the situation, he said, Mary has chosen that one essential thing and it shan't be taken from her. You see, many things are good in life, but there's one thing that is essential. And according to Jesus, the one essential thing is partaking of his word. Everything else is secondary. The word of God must come first in your life. If you don't have that attitude to the Word of God, and this is why this is the milk of the Word, this is why this needs to be established strongly in you, the, the devil and, and your flesh will cause you to be distracted and focus on anything else except the Word of God. And you will not have that strength inside you when it, when it matters. So you've got to have a revelation of the importance and the power of the Word of God and if you have that established in you as part of the milk of the word, then you will actually uh, be equipped uh, and you won't let anything deviate you from honoring the word of God as first in your life. Uh, psalm 1 is a wonderful psalm about this. He says, Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the path of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Notice he considers the Word of God not as a suggestion book or an opinion book, it's law. When God says it, that settles it. He says, and in his law he meditates day and night. And then it says, he will be like a tree 
It'll be like a strong tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. And so as a tree planted by the word of God, draw, as you draw in the word of God, as you meditate in the word of God, you are also receiving the life of God, the water of God into your heart and soul, strengthening you. And all the nutrients are now coming into this tree. And it says it brings forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Because he meditates in the word of God, now there's strength in his soul, and whatever he does shall prosper. And so this is the one who plants himself by the word of God. Plants himself because he knows where the life is. He knows where God's supply is through his word. And so he plants himself and he draws all the goodness of the word of God into himself. And as a result, he bears good fruit. And so meditating in the word of God is one of the greatest things we can do and is foundational for our whole Christian life. The, the Bible uh, also talks in, in 1 Corinthians that we are like plants. This is another picture of our spiritual growth. We are plants and as plants we were came from the seed when we're born again as it were God's seed is planted in us but we need the watering of the word of God for for our spiritual growth and for us to bear fruit and so we are we are planted by God we we have a new spirit but for us to grow that new life needs to grow and bear fruit in our life we need the water, the continual watering of the word of God. 1 Corinthians 3, this is the picture. He says, Paul says, I planted, when he preached the word to them, he planted the word in their hearts. I planted, Apollos watered, and Apollos was a teacher. He come in and he waters them with the word. But God gave the increase. So God is the cause of all spiritual growth. But he uses his word uses the teaching of the Word of God to uh, water us and, and cause that growth to continue. Because you can have a plant that's there, but if it doesn't have any water, it won't grow. And in the same way, there are seeds of God in you, but you, you won't grow spiritually without the watering of the Word of God. And that leads us to the classic parable about this, the parable of the sower. And basically, Jesus said, this is the number one parable. This is the parable that explains how the whole kingdom of God operates. And he says, it all operates through the sowing of seed. See, you are, as it were, the soil. Your heart is the soil. And he says, the seed is the word of God. And the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word of God into the heart. This is how the kingdom of God works. God works in your life by sowing his words into your heart. And if you keep your heart in the right condition, receptive to the word of God, where you bind your heart to the word of God, that word will, will grow in you and it will produce good fruit in your life. And he says, that's the way the kingdom of God works. That's the key to your success. That's the key to your growth as a Christian, is to have a heart that is good soil that receives the word of God and, and is continually watered by the word of God until it produces good fruit.
You know that you probably know the, the story of the parable in, in Luke 8. It says that the sower went out to sow his seed. And then the interpretation is the seed is the word of God. And, and this parable takes you through the stages by which the, uh, a, a seed grows. <clears throat> and it describes the different things that can stop the growth of the seed. And so you, in, 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 in one, the seed doesn't get very far. The next one, it goes a bit further and so on. There's different kinds of soil. And basically, there's a process of the seed developing. So, for example, in the first soil, it says, some seed fell by the wayside and it was trampled down and the birds of the air devoured it. And it's explained that these are the ones who hear but do, do not understand. And the devil takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. And so, in this first soil, the word, this person doesn't give any attention to the word, doesn't understand it, and gets quickly distracted, and that word doesn't even penetrate underground. So, the, the surface is the mind, uh, and it's got to penetrate the mind. It's got to be understood by the mind to get in the heart. So you've got to give attention to the word until you begin to understand it. Then it can go down. So the first kind of soil doesn't even make it that far. Satan just comes along and steals it because the person has no regard for the word of God. He doesn't give it any attention. Now the next kind of soil is the stony soil. It's shallow soil. And actually this the seed does go down into this soil. It says, as soon as it, it fell on stony soil, as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And then the interpretation says, these are the people who, when they hear, they receive the word with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in a time of temptation, they fall away. Now, in this soil, the seed does go down, but it doesn't put down strong roots. So this is a person who does understand the word, but doesn't continue to meditate in the word doesn't continue to water the word, and so the roots aren't strong. It springs up, but the roots are weak. So when something bad happens, the sun shines on it, the heat, then it just withers. It doesn't bear fruit. And so this time the progression's a bit further. It's planted, but it doesn't develop a root system. Now the next type of soil, it goes further because it does get planted and it develops roots. But, it says, the third soil still doesn't bear good fruit because it falls among thorns. The thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And the interpretation says these ones are those who are choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life and they bring no fruit to maturity. So this one has gone further in the progression. He's planted, he's even got roots, but he allows other weeds to grow around it, thorns and other plants around it that choke out the word. There's only a certain amount of, uh, you know, nutrient available in the soil. And by allowing all these other things to take importance, it's, it's choked. This is the person, and this is the next way that Satan stops you bear fruit, is again, this person has received the word to a degree, but they allow themselves to get distracted with pleasures of life, cares of life, responsibilities of life, not always bad things, but they don't give proper attention to the Word of God. The Word of God is just one thing among many, and so it gets crowded out, it gets choked out, 
and as a result not much of their attention is on the word just a bit but not enough that the word isn't dominant the word of God has to be first place in your life if you want it to produce fruit if you believe that it has the power of God in you you have to give it your first attention your meditation on it then it will produce good fruit and that's the fourth soil it says the good ground it fell on good ground it sprang up it yielded a hundredfold and it says those are the ones who heard the word with a noble and good heart they keep it and they bear fruit with patience these are the ones for whom the word of god comes first they know that the whatever important things they have in their life the number one thing is the word of god that's what's going to produce the, the the results in their life and so they put the word first and they keep watering the word they give attention to the word and they produce good fruit depending on how much attention they give 30 60 100 fold then Jesus made his conclusion he said when he had said these things he cried with a loud voice he who has ears to hear let him hear that's his main point he who has ears to hear the word of God literally let him hear and keep on hearing be a fanatic keep hearing keep meditating on the word of God Keep letting be watered by the word of God because that will produce the hundredfold fruit in your life. Nothing else will, but the word of God will. And then he interprets it then. He says, therefore, take heed how you hear, how you hear the word of God. For whoever has, to him more will be given. That seems funny. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. He's talking about ears to hear. He's saying, for whoever has ears to hear, whoever puts the word first, who gives full attention to the word of God, whoever has ears to hear, to him more blessing and fruit and growth will be given. But whoever doesn't have ears to hear, even what he has will be taken from him. And so this is the, the message of the number one parable of the kingdom of God, that we must have ears to hear. That's the whole point. He says, whatever kind of soil you are right now, if you will just keep hearing the word of God, keep watering that seed, it will grow and it will produce the results you want in your life. He says the measure in Mark 4, the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. In other words, the measure of attention to the word of God that you use, then that fruit, that growth, that results will be measured to you. And those who hear shall more be given. Take heed, therefore, how you hear, for whoever has ears to hear, to him it will be given. And whoever does not have ears to hear, from him it will be taken, even what he seems to have. It will be the devil that takes it. And so we want to put the Word of God first in our life. Praise God. If you're interested in a DVD of any of our programs, uh, that is available to you uh, for five pounds. You can even order a list from us uh, that gives all the previous programs. Actually, a lot of them are on YouTube. We eventually put them up on YouTube. But uh, you can get your own DVD of each program just by phoning the church office and, and ordering it from us. And if you need a list of the programs, we can also make that available to you. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services, which are every Sunday at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. 
You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.